episode 143 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. To learn more, visit learnthefinerpoints.com. My name is Nick Raisin, and I run the Instagram account, Plain Old Memes. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams, and I am your host. Today's episode is with Plain Old Memes from Instagram. It is Nick Raisin, who runs that account. And we're talking with Nick today about why he created the account, what he thinks about aviation, and what it's like to be training right now in this climate. We also get into a little bit about whether or not memes are modern day art. Are we going to be in 100 years, 200 years, going to have buildings and museums full of memes? Or is, is, is that not where it's headed? It seems like that might be our modern modern day art. It's kind of embarrassing if you think about it, but who knows? In 200 years, you might have uh, the Louvre with uh, a bunch of memes in it, a whole meme section, which would be kind of funny. Davey Nation, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Also follow us on Instagram. I'm doing a new Instagram kind of segment, I guess you would say, a kind of a giveaway. How about that? That's better. We're doing a new Instagram giveaway where every single week when I go out flying, you guess how many flight hours I have. The first person to guess the correct amount of time gets a sticker. So this week was 19.5. I flew, I was out on a seven day tour. I only flew five of those and I went home early on the sixth day. So at five days on a seven day tour, we did 19.5 hours and a sticker is headed their way. So go ahead and follow us there and make sure you are in that so you can win a sticker. Aviation, I don't want to keep you any longer. So here we go. Without any further ado, here's plain old memes, Nick Raisin. Nick, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. How's it going? It's awesome to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Uh, obviously, you, like you just said, you run a pretty popular meme page. You're also in the midst of your training to be a pilot. So I think we'll find uh, a lot of uh, funny and good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Oh, well, let's get started with aviation and we'll get to the memes later. But um, <laughs> you, we just talked a little bit before, you are currently in your training right now. So you are training yeah. in probably one of the worst climates to ever train in. Yeah. I guess right off the bat, I kind of wanted to know what's your mindset right now? Like what are, I guess not even just you, but like anyone that is similar to where you are today, is everyone still full go aviation's the best or are you guys all kind of like taking a step back a little bit and double think here, thinking twice about a career in aviation? You know, uh, I mean, at my flight school, I can't speak for the whole aviation world, but at my flight school, it's, it's business usual. We still have the same students, planes are still booked up. So it, it seems that everybody's still training. As far as I'm going, I'm just focusing on what I need to do. Uh, I'm still, you know, got, have to go through the entirety of college, so that's another four years. So I'm just pressing along, and uh, I'm hoping that'll. And, and I mean, in, in all actuality, it should get better fairly soon. What do your parents say? Um, they say the same thing. Uh, I mean, we're all joking that it's going to be over November fourth, but it really just depends um, on a lot. It's a lot of factors, but they're they're very supportive. Good, because when I was. Coming up in training, it was in the, the 2008 kind of bubble where uh, the financial the financial industry was just coming down so hard. And I would actually have a lot of people, my dad's a pilot, my dad's friends are pilots, and not my dad per se, but his friends would all tell me not to become a pilot. That is just not worth it. So if you're not hearing that from anyone in the community, then that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's people who are very cautious, but I think overall as a whole, this is a lot different situation than we've ever faced before. And, I, and that's obviously, I mean, that's pretty obvious. What is your outlook on what you would like to do? Are you all airlines or are you kind of open to anywhere in the aviation world? 
I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I really want to go to airlines. That's definitely what I've always wanted to do my entire life. But if, if in a really cool opportunity comes up somewhere along the way, I wouldn't necessarily rule out, rule it out. Yeah. And I'm guessing most of the people you follow probably on Instagram are mostly airlines, I guess. Pretty much. Yeah. But I follow a lot of people, uh, just corporate pilots and stuff like that. It, it, Anybody in aviation, anybody who uh, flies airplanes in my book is pretty cool. So <laughs> there you go. Some of them are kind of weird, but you'll you'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I didn't. I wasn't talking to anyone in particular. <laughs> but uh, what about you? Uh, you what? What was the original fascination of aviation for you? Are you from an aviation family? Did you just one day look up at a plane and always kind of? fascinated by the idea of flying what was it for you that got That's, you it's, funny. it's exactly how it happened yeah i don't come from uh none of nobody in my family's been in aviation it's it, none of them have been pilots or anything related to it so um i'm kind of the first pioneer into that world uh and i mean i lived my old house when i was a little kid i was growing up i, I lived under the approach path of st petersburg clearwater national airport and i watched the, uh, the allegiant md80s and all that those really cool planes fly over and always wondered what it'd be like to be at the controls of those planes. And, and as I learned more about it, I learned how much I loved it, how fascinated I was. And that's, that's all I've ever wanted to do since. That's crazy. That's cool. So I didn't even know what Allegiant was or an MD-80 by the time I was your age. And I came from an <laughs> aviation family. So you have one step ahead of where I was or a couple <laughs> steps ahead of where I was already. And I think that's a lot of it is due to technology and how much, you know, I mean, it's all good. One Google search away nowadays. Yeah. What were you kind of into flight simulator? Did you, did you do anything in between the time where you could actually start training to log hours and get some ratings? I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of books, a lot of flight simulators. Once um, I learned about that, I didn't really know about it until I was like maybe like 12 or 13 when I learned that there's actually really accurate flight simulators like FSX. Um, and yeah, I just, anything I could get my hands on in terms of aviation, anything that even remotely related to aviation, that was, that was fair game for me. Who'd you like on YouTube? Who was your favorite to watch? Uh, Air Force Proud 95, actually. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> believe Very it or educational, not, that's, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great education. Yeah. But, and, and I really couldn't tell you a lot of specific names, just a lot of interesting videos. I love to watch like plane spotting videos, like watch the planes land, just videos of planes taking off and landing and stuff like that. What did your What did your parents think when you told them that you wanted to be a pilot, or did they kind of know from uh, that early age of you seeing the MD-80s and kind of just being fascinated <laughs> by it? They always kind of knew that I wanted to do it, uh, I think, but it wasn't until I, I was very unsure. And a lot of people were telling me that it, it's it's a difficult job, that it, it, there's a lot to it. And uh, it wasn't until I think freshman year of high school when I was, you know, that was I, I always wanted to do it, and I always had this dead set on it, but I never really. Um, finalized it in my head until freshman year of high school. Yeah. What were you unsure about? What was kind of, did you not think you could do it? Like when I, I didn't think I was smart enough, I thought you had to have all the math classes in the world or you had to be certain, <laughs> uh, just certain level of, of smarts. And I didn't think I could do it. Was it similar for you or what, what exactly was it that made you kind of doubt it or think that you couldn't do it? I think it was the job itself, you know, that you're away from home for so long and, and just the lifestyle um, there's also obviously the math part. I, 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 for some reason, I think people just always think math is, is, is absolutely necessary to become a pilot. And I'm pretty bad at math. I got a C in algebra. I'm definitely not a math person. So that was a concern right for me. Yeah. But as I learned, it's really just basic algebra and there's, you know, calculators for that stuff. Yeah. Now, so. you, got, you got four flight now. You don't have to worry about that. Do they even teach you how to use an E6B anymore now? Yeah, they do. Uh, I'm very painfully, I'm, I'm very painfully aware of that. Yes, they do. <laughs> That's funny. 
Oh, that's, uh, yeah, I thought for sure they'd maybe be gone by that, but I guess it's always good to teach the old school ways, it's right? It's the FAA. Things don't change. That's true. You're catching on fast. You're going to do just fine in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're on record saying that, so now they're probably going to be looking out for you, so good luck. Uh, I mean, Paige is enough, I think. <laughs> right. What, uh, when did you take your first flight lesson? I, I was 16. Uh, it was almost, it was pretty much a year and a half ago to, to, to this day, a year and a half ago. Did you, uh, when you were taking that, was it still up in the air or did you finally just like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a pilot. I was already, I'm going to do it. That was, that was my moment. I mean, I already, I already knew that I wanted to be a pilot at this point. It was just starting the process. Uh, I took an intro flight at my local flight school and it just confirmed how much I loved it. And I didn't hook since. How long from the intro flight until you kind of took your training seriously? Was it right away or did it take you a couple, a couple of months or weeks? I'd like to say it was right away. I think there was a little bit of a period where I, I learned very fast that I'm going to have to really take this a lot more seriously because in school, like for, for example, in anything that I do in school, I don't really try. It, most of the schoolwork comes pretty easy to me and I don't really actually have to put effort. And aviation was something that I realized that I'm going to have to put a lot of effort into if I want to be successful. Yeah, no, I, I think the the earlier you learn that, the better. I was not the one, I didn't want to put effort into it. I just wanted, because I was kind of more like naturally good at like sports or even just flying, but there was a studying that was the hardest for me. So if, the, if you were able uh, yeah. to understand that right away, then you probably were, were set off pretty good for your training. I still procrastinate a lot though, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone does, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> uh, have you been able to take uh, your family up at all flying? I did. The day I passed my check ride, they met me at the airport because I actually, my, the check ride was at a different airport. I had to fly about 50 miles away to do my check ride and down in Venice with a guy named Toby Bland, an awesome, awesome guy. I suggest anybody in the Florida area that wants to do check rides to do it with him. He's an awesome guy. But I flew down to Venice to do it. And then when I came back to Clearwater, uh, my flight instructor left the plane. My parents came out and uh, we, we went up. Was that the, were they kind of nervous or do they trust you 100%? Uh, they said they trust me 100%. I think they were still nervous. I mean, <laughs> and, and there is, there is an aspect of that plane smaller than their car. So yeah. it, yeah. it, they were a little sketched out, but they, they went in, they didn't complain. They went in and they, they flew with me. So props to them. That's cool. Have you taken up any friends or anything too? Taking a couple of friends up. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, uh, up at, around the beaches. Cause we've, we live in a very, I live in a very scenic area. I live in like Tampa Bay. So you got beaches and water and a bunch of really cool cities and stuff. So it's, it's, it's always very fun to take people up and see the reactions. Have they had any kind of interest in aviation at all from you taking them up and flying or are they kind of just been like, Oh cool. We'll go up with you every once in a while. And that's yeah. Like just kind of go up. Yeah. None of them, one of my, my, one of my best friends, his name is Mika. He's a, he, he wants to be a car mechanic. He works on cars all the time. He drives a, an old Porsche that he fixed up. So it was never in his mind to be a pilot. Still doesn't want to be a pilot. Just <laughs> Tell him to get his AMP and he can fix on, he can work on your plane and you guys can kind of fly together. <laughs> I, I've seen his Porsche. I don't want him working on my plane. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's really funny. Uh, going to your training a little bit and going to, you mentioned that it's just one Google search away. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that is how easy it is to actually get into aviation once you kind of yeah. aren't intimidated about starting it. That makes sense. What, how, like, did you just know just to go? Did you ask other people? Who did you kind of uh, reach out to? Or was it just your Google search that kind of led you to the local flight school? And then you made a phone call. How, how did this whole process start and work out? I'm a very, I, I don't, I'm, I'm very focused when I do something. And uh, honestly, it just, all of my knowledge that I came just in my entire life that I've came over just with, with YouTube videos and articles and books and stuff, 
that I kind of had a, a very small understanding of, I, I had a small understanding of what I need to look for and what I need to do and what I need to, to, to do. So I knew I needed to get my private and I knew I needed to look for a good flight school, with, look for certain things in the flight school. So I, I, I kind of shopped around my, my area. I gave him a call. I set up an orientation and I was happy with that flight school. So I started with them. I took the intro flight and uh, I went from there. But aviation is really, honestly, easy to get into. I think it's 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 people get really worked up about everything, and that's big planes and huge responsibility. But really, it's it's a very accessible thing for a lot of people. And there's a lot of scholarships out there as well for people who might not have the financial ability to get into it because it is an expensive thing to get into. Um, and if if people can understand that there's a lot of options out there for them, even the Air Force, that it, I think we would have a lot more pilots. And we have a pilot shortage, so – Maybe making it more accessible to people somehow is is what we need to do. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my meme page is that I, I, I want people to be drawn into aviation. I have a lot of like really young people. Uh, I, if I look at my insights, I think it's about like 15% of my um, followers are under the age of 18. And that's a lot of people who might not know if they want to get into aviation yet or not. And be, being able to draw them in is something that I think is really cool. Yeah, it is. And Instagram has definitely helped accelerate that. And I think it's it's just proven that how cool aviation can be and how how great it can be and how accessible it is. Because, I mean, look, you're 16 years old. There's another 16-year-old could look at you doing this and be like, well, he's 16. He's in high school. Why can't I do that? Do you know? Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's good. I mean, keep it up because it's definitely helping and definitely getting more people into aviation. And like you said, we're going to need more pilots still eventually. So come on over. It doesn't look great now, <laughs> but come on. You'll like it. Yeah, just believe me. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. I hope. <laughs> if not, don't blame me. Blame someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were saying that you liked what the flight school was offering, what were you looking for? What What did you like? Uh, was it relationships with people? You just felt comfortable in what they had to say? Were you looking for anything specific that a flight school could offer you? I was looking for a lot of things. I think the first thing was a good relationship with the people for sure. And the people in my flight school, I, I, were, I fly with Tampa Bay Aviation and they've got some of the best flight instructors out there. I mean, they're really, really honestly good people. And uh, when I walk into there, I feel very comfortable. I mean, I've been obviously training there for over a year now. I know everybody's name and I'm on a first name basis with everybody. You know, I, I send them a lot of the memes and I text with them. So it's kind of like a little family, I guess, as cheesy as that sounds. So, but it's true. I was also looking for good, well-maintained aircraft with a variety of aircraft. Tampa Bay Aviation actually has a charter aspect. So they've got a bunch of different airplanes. You got Cessnas, Archers, they got helicopters, but they've also got, a, uh, they recently got a twin, uh, the, um, the Technum. So we've got a variety of things. And I can, if I really wanted to, I could go all the way to ATP with them. I can go all the way, you know, through CFI, become a flight instructor. And I know people who have done that with Tampa Bay Aviation who went from private to CFI who you know, working towards that ATP. But, um, I, I was just looking for a good flight school that, you know, um, I think would be able to provide a lot for me. Did you call any other flight schools or is this the first one you called? I called a couple. Um, one of them has since shut down. So I think I made the right decision. Most likely. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. What, uh, what did you not like? What was the vibe that you got from those that you didn't necessarily like? They were a lot smaller. Uh, Tampa aviation is the largest in the area. Uh, We've got those other ones are pretty small. They've got a few little airplanes and they're pretty dinky and they just didn't have the same support system that I think my flight school that I'm at had. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely a look for it. I mean, a lot of times, not always the biggest flight schools could be, I mean, everyone 
has different reasons for going into flying. But if you want a bigger flight school, if you want bigger opportunities, you want more than one airplane, because some flight schools are are pretty tiny and they might just have one or two airplanes and they're booked up all the time. You might have some 30-year-old that just wants to rent the planes and (laughs) you never get a chance to fly it for training, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's why having a lot of airplanes is a really cool thing. Because, I mean, I've flown, I think we've had like eight Cessnas. I've flown pretty much every single one of them now. Do you have a favorite one? Do you have one that you always try to fly? I have two planes. Uh, when it, for private, my my it's the ugly. It's now the worst plane in the fleet. It's my ugly dunkling. It's a seven six uniform. But now I fly a nice air conditioned G one thousand eight zero alpha. It's it's a dream. It's like the Rolls Royce of Cessnas. Air conditioning. And, uh, I didn't have air conditioning until I started flying the plane I'm flying right now. Until I started flying the latitude, <laughs> it took me like uh, three thousand hours before I had a plane with air conditioning. That yeah, we none of our planes had air conditioning. I did my private without air conditioning. But when it's in Florida and the heat index starts creeping up over a hundred, you really want an air conditioning system. So, <laughs> Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, when you're doing your training, what, ha- I mean, I did mine way before you, like I'm an ancient now, you know, how technology changes, but four flight was just <laughs> starting. So I, my private was done without four flight. I didn't use four flight until I was completely done with my private. What do they do in a flight school now for someone new? Do they encourage you to use four flight from the beginning? Do they want you to use a six pack? Do they want you to use glass? Like kind of what's the mindset of the flight school for someone starting their training right now? Our flight school. I mean, I don't know about flight school. My flight instructor personally, she's awesome. Her name's Allison. I'm just going to give her a quick shout out. She's the best flight instructor ever. I've done everything with her so far. Her vibe was kind of at the beginning. If you want to get four flight and you want to use it, go for it. And she'll teach me. She'll do that. If she want, if I wanted to, if I wanted to use paper charts, I mean, she obviously forced me to use paper charts and learn how to use paper charts. But if I wanted to do everything on paper, I could. If I wanted to do everything on four flight with a little bit of paper for the check ride, I could do that as well. I did all of it with four flight. I did most of it with four flight, most of it, and um, it, it's 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 amazing what that can do. I mean, it, it, the way it revolutionizes the way you're able to fly. I think it's a it's a it's a very valuable skill, and especially considering the fact that I want to go to airlines where they use you know, four flight and, and, and these complex systems, it's, it's kind of important for me to learn it now so I can do it well later. Now there's, there's other options of four flight too. Does four anyone flight. use Garmin pilot or maybe even a, a separate one? I know there's a couple more. I don't actually know the names off the top of my head, but uh, you're in the training environment right now. Is, is everyone using four flight? Does anyone ever talk about Garmin pilot? How does that work? I've never heard of anybody using Garmin Pilot, at least on my flight school. I can only speak for my flight school. I've only heard of Four Flight. Everybody uses Four Flight, and it's it's just kind of a, I don't know. It's it's the standard. I think it's like, I, it's like the, I, it pains me to say it, but it's like the Apple for uh, for aviation. You know, <laughs> I mean that's exactly how it is. That's yeah. exactly how it is. I couldn't <laughs> describe it any better. I'm good friends with some people that work at Four Flight, and <laughs> I always give them a hard time. I just like to joke them, so they're gonna laugh that <laughs> I had to say that. It was painful for me to say, Emily. I know you're listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are doing God's work, so they are doing great work. But don't let them get too big of a head, you know. <laughs> Got to bring them back down <laughs> <Yeah>. to reality. <laughs> what was uh, what was the hardest part of your training uh, when you're going through? Was it? I know you mentioned that you realized you had to study really hard for it, and you had to take it very seriously. Was it the studying part? Was it flying? Was it concepts? What was it? I think the studying part. Uh, I've. It's funny because I've never had to sit down and actually study for anything before. Like not even the SAT or the ACT. I never studied for that. I, I got a good score without studying. I, it, it just came easy to me. So this reality check that hit me like a brick wall that I, I need to study for this and I actually have to try to study for this was, and my flight instructor is a perfectionist. She's really, really a perfectionist. So she kind of gave me part of that about herself. Uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, now I have to be a perfectionist too. Great. So I, I studied a lot for my private, 
written. And now that I'm doing instrument, I cannot believe I had the audacity to struggle with anything in private, but, um, I have to study for my instrument written. I still yet to start that. I, yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> was there anything in particular that made you realize that you need to study harder? Because I mean, you know, you kind of mentioned that you just kind of, you were kind of gifted or naturally able to not study and just know, know things. Uh, was there like, did you go into it with that attitude at first? And then all of a sudden you're like, crap, I can't remember anything. Yeah. Was there a specific subject or did you just realize you needed to study? I just kind of realized I need to study. I think with flight training, the more you learn, the more you learn how much you don't know. Um, there's, it's kind of like you, you, you bite the, 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 the bait and then it just pulls you in and you you realize that there's a whole other world private and an instrument. Whenever you think you got most of it, or you got the concepts, here's another, like, boom, here's another thing that you didn't know. And now you don't, you feel like you don't know anything. So it's that constant fight to, to understand as much as you can. I think that's what really drove me to realize that I need to study more. Yeah. And it's also understanding that you can't know everything too. Like you're never going to be the perfect pilot. You're never going to know all the knowledge and it's crazy. Even sometimes you can learn something. So say someone's student pilot might know something better than you or commercial pilot might know something better than an ATP. Like there's definitely opportunities for someone that doesn't have as much knowledge as you, but might have a different experience set than you do. So you're always learning and you can always learn from pretty much anyone, which is crazy. Yep. So you are done with the private and you are on to instrument right now. Yep. How far into so, your instrument training are you? Um, probably like three quarters of the way, I'd say three quarters of the way. I'm just practicing approaches, just shooting a bunch of approaches over and over and over again, getting ready for my check ride, hopefully in about a month ish. I got to get the written out of the way first. And now as I'm doing this interview, I realize that I need to actually really sit down and start studying that instrument written. What are you, what are you doing for your written? Um, just, I got the, uh, I think it's called the ASA book, right? The ASA but also my flight school does the King school, uh, online. So they have a really cool, um, like system for you to, uh, study for the Britain as well. Cool. there's also other materials too. Like, uh, you know who, um, Jason Miller from the finer points, they have an app called ground school app. That's pretty, I think right now they're just in private pilot though. So I don't think that'll help with the instrument, but there's also some, uh, some really great tools you can do there. Or even shepherd air is also a pretty good tool for, for studying. I've heard of Shepard, yeah. I highly recommend getting a base knowledge and not using shepherd air unless you absolutely have to, because that's all about just memorization and you're not really going to learn as much, but if you, yeah are confident and comfortable in how you can answer questions on an oral exam. Cause Shepard air is not going to get you ready for an oral. It's just going to make sure that you can memorize and pass the, the written test and get pretty much a perfect score. That's pretty much all it's good for. I feel like that's how most written kind of study programs are though. I think that's, they're all in, in, in some way, shape or form that same concept is just memorize these numbers for this written exam. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, Shepard air essentially tells you if you have, figure K and it says 600 pounds in the question, then the answer is every single time going to be Bravo or B or C, you know, yeah. like they literally just teach you how to take the test where when you have things like the ground school app and it kind of can teach you the foundations as long as well as prepare you for tests, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I yep. mean, instrument was the hardest test that I had to study for. It was the one that I just, always felt like I couldn't understand it. I didn't always get everything. There was kind of just as always kind of doubt that was over my head nonstop until one day I just got it all. I don't know if it was just repetition after repetition after repetition, but eventually it just clicked. And I, I wish I could explain why it clicked or what it was that clicked, but it was just, just one day I feel like I woke up or I did a, did a hold and everything kind of just came together and I was like, whoa, I got it. I'm good. 
I'm hoping for that moment pretty soon. <laughs> do you do you find yourself still in the kind of like you you feel like you're a chicken with your head cut off, like running around trying to figure it out, or are you kind of just yeah. swimming very slowly and and getting it piece by piece? I, I mean, the way I like to do my training, as as I've found, is that study kind of. I learn by doing things. I don't really learn by, I'm a hands-on learner. I don't really learn by reading a book or, or I mean, I, I'll learn the facts, but I think for really, for me to really grasp the concept, the way I think you should be able to, um, I need to do it. And so that's why I take my writings near the end of my training, because I think flying and actually getting your hands dirty, so to speak, I think that's the best way for me to learn. And that helps me prepare for the, for the written as well. Yeah, for sure. And let's take a break real quick and then we'll come right back. All right. Welcome back. We are uh, just finishing up the instrument part of the podcast where you were saying how, how you learn and, and what basically you do to, to memorize, not memorize, but to, to get through the instrument because it's a very daunting process. Is it harder than you thought it was? Did you always think that you were just going to be able to cruise through it? Because I know everyone probably told you instruments much different. Instruments was harder, but was it yeah. much harder? Like, did you actually think it was going to be harder? Did you think it was just going to be like your private and you could do it? I think everybody, I mean, I think everybody will really prepared me to know that it was going to be a lot more difficult. Everybody told me it's going to be a lot more difficult. My instructor said it was a lot different and that she found it easier. I think she's the only person who ever said that to me, but, um, by and large, everybody told me a lot more difficult and it has been a lot more difficult. It's been a lot different. So it's weird because you have to unlearn a lot of things you learn from private in a way when it comes to the flying. You know, during private, you're always being like told, look out the window, look out the window, stop glued to, being glued to your instruments, you know, and you have to, it's like a drill sergeant, don't look outside, look outside. And then for instrument, don't look outside, don't look outside, look inside, you know, so it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's weird. It is weird. It's weird having to get into the flow of not looking inside or not looking outside and having to look yeah. inside and then you go to commercial or you go back and you get to flip flop back and forth and you, you, you yeah. figure it out. I mean, it's all repetition and like I've said a million yeah. times, but you'll, you'll get it pretty yeah. well. I think also having somebody to study with, I think is the most important thing for my entire private. My friend, Ethan, uh, was my, my right hand man. I always, we were best friends and we studied everything together. We met up at Starbucks, you know, obviously when you could still sit inside of the Starbucks and actually study now you can't sit inside there. But, uh, you know, for instrument, I don't have that. Uh, he moved to Arizona. He signed a conditional, like first officer agreement with JetBlue. So he's now in Arizona and I'm, he's doing his instrument over there. So it's gonna be a lot harder to study with him, but now I'm kind of more on my own. So I have to actually like sit down behind a computer, watch YouTube videos and just study, find new ways to study. What was, uh, is he the same age as you? He's 19. He's two okay. years older than I am. So uh, what, what did he sign with JetBlue? What was it exactly? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I don't know the exact name of it, but it's like a flow through program where you go over there, they teach you. Um, and then you kind of become a flight instructor there and then you have like a guaranteed job at the end. Something like that. Okay. One of those like, flow through programs. I don't know the name. I can ask him. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, I just didn't know if you knew. That was just going to lead me to my next question is like, what are you looking for in your training? Like someone uh, in your stage, are you looking for, uh, I know Republic kind of has something with their flight school where you go to Lyft Academy and you are automatically guaranteed to, to fly for Republic. Uh, that JetBlue thing would be kind of similar. Are you looking to join something like that? Or do you want to get all your time where you are now and then be able to apply to any airline or any kind of job? I think the second option, I think I want to go to college, get everything I need to do done and then kind of go out in the market. Cause I feel, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm still learning. I don't know as my, I don't know any really much about the whole airline world, but, um, when you sign one of those, you don't become as marketable. You know, um, I feel like if you kind of get all your ratings and you shop around, obviously without COVID, this is 
kind of talking about it without COVID, without the, the, the halt on applications and all that. But um, when you have all your ratings and you can go out to airlines, airlines are basically, before they were pretty much fighting over you. They wanted you and they would offer you more money to come to them. If you sign one of those agreements, like the Republic thing, I feel like you wouldn't necessarily have the option to negotiate price and stuff and, and salary the way you would. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you can't really negotiate salary at any of them once you get on just because it's all unionized. So you're going to get the same salary as everyone else. You're not really going to be able to negotiate a bigger, better salary just because of kind of the flight experience that you have. That's kind of just going to be a set thing, especially in the airlines, anywhere you can find a union, uh, maybe at a smaller flight department, you could. Um, I don't know how it works. I don't know what the language is there, but I know that say, I think the Republic one, they will help subsidize your training. So they'll make it cheaper. So that essentially is what the bonus used to be. So instead of getting say like a 30, $40,000 bonus for your first year, it's, Hey, we already subsidized all your training, you know? Gotcha. I I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think that's a bridge I'm going to have to cross in college later. Uh, right now I'm just focused on doing what I need to do to get into college. And then that kind of stuff, I'll have to talk with a lot of people. I'll have to, you know, ask a lot of questions and learn a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's the best thing you can do is ask questions. Uh, go talk to people, go to the airport, what you do. You already said you're on a first name basis of everyone. Just keep improving those relationships and, and talk to people and get mentors. And you never know, some of the bonanza might be like, hey, you want to come fly with me? Or someone in a, a baron will ask you to come fly. And then you can kind of get relationships with there and you can find a cool corporate gig to help build time and get to the airlines. It just uh, It's crazy how it can work by just putting yourself out there and marketing yourself and treating yourself as your own CEO of kind of your airline or aviation career. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm still looking for that guy with like a bonanza because I I want to fly out my one of my dream planes to fly is that V tail bonanza. Oh, cool. Yeah, those are cool so, planes. I've never flown one. I've never been in a bonanza. I might have sat in one, but I've never flown in a bonanza. I've never really been in a bonanza, and I've always wanted to. Yeah, same That'd here. Cool. What um? So we talked about colleges briefly. What colleges are you kind of, what's in your eye? Do you want to do the aviation program? Do you want to, you're already pretty far ahead in your training. So do you want to do maybe like a business degree or a different degree and then fly and finish everything as well? What's your goal for college? Um, I want to, I mean, I want to go through the aviation programs. I don't know if I want to major in an aviation. I don't know. It depends on college to college. If they force you to major in aviation with the, as part, as part of the flight program, I think it depends on, on the college, but Ideally, I'd like to major in something kind of versatile that I can fall back on, like business or maybe criminology or something. Probably business. I think business is the easiest, most versatile. But, um, but I do want to join the flight departments there and, and fly. You know, finish my flight training there and hopefully get a job as a flight instructor there. Um, yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm going for right now. Have you heard about flight team at all? Are you interested in flight team? Very much so. Uh, very much so. I really want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if you get in with a flight team, you'll be, you'll be all set. Cause that'd be kind of the relationships. Every, everyone else in flight team will kind of be the cool kids in the flying department. I was never in flight team, yeah. so I wasn't one of the cool kids, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work, man. You got uh they were waking up on Saturdays uh, when I was playing football, but they were working up on Saturdays at like 6am and staying until like 6pm and just doing a bunch of flight school stuff. Yeah. I'd love to do a bunch of uh, like, clubs and stuff there. I I know Auburn, which is where I really want to go. They have a fishing team and I love fishing. So I, I definitely want to do that. That works. That's cool. What, uh, what other schools are you looking at? You said Auburn, I think earlier you said, uh, Embry Riddle in North Dakota. Yeah. So my number one by far is universe or is, uh, Auburn. I'd love to go to Auburn. That's my dream school and their acceptance rate is pretty high. So my hopes are pretty high. I just got, I already got accepted into the university of North Dakota. Um, 
without submitting any ACT scores or anything, which is kind of funny. I think at this point, they've got a 98% acceptance rate and it's North Dakota. So at this point, you'd have to be a serial killer not to get in. <laughs> one or two is, is okay, but more than five, they have a problem with that. Yeah, and then Embry-Riddle uh, is probably my, honestly, at this point, my last choice. I've heard a lot of very negative things about Embry-Riddle. I've heard a lot of positive things, but I've heard a lot of very negative things about Embry-Riddle. Yeah, I don't know enough about Embry-Riddle to really know. I've interviewed people from Embry-Riddle. I think it just depends on what you're looking for, how much you want to spend. I mean, uh, yeah. if you want to spend a ton of money and maybe get some good mentors or get, I think the network that they have is pretty, pretty substantial and pretty great. So you might be, you kind of buying into a, a network and a community that can help set you up for a successful career, but you could definitely do that on your own as well, especially with you starting early and seem like you're a pretty personal person and uh, you like to talk to people. So you should be set that way. I would recommend looking into like University of Purdue. I don't know if you looked at that. It's not as cold as North Dakota, but they have a great flight program. They have a jet. They have uh, some pretty cool stuff there too. Uh, I haven't really been in touch with Ohio State much, so I don't know what Ohio State's doing, but they're heavily sponsored by uh, NetJets, which is local to them. So they have some some new 172s there. So there's definitely some other options that you can look into too. But I've Auburn, heard about Purdue. I have not heard about Ohio. I mean, there's a lot of universities that have flight programs, yeah. but I've heard of Purdue for sure. Yeah, I think uh, that low altitude, uh, when I met him, he went there. Uh, he used to be ATC Memes on his low altitude. So yeah. probably the biggest internet celebrity in aviation. Yeah. I don't know about that, but he, he's oh, definitely he's a polarizing uh, figure, whether you like him or you don't like him. Um, I think Captain Joe would probably be a little bigger than him. Just a, a different kind of like market, though. Like Captain Joe yeah. isn't trying to be what he, you know, they're just doing two completely separate things. Yeah, I meant, I meant like in the, in the, the meme, meme world. world <laughs> <laughs> he's your meme lord right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, that, that's funny because it brings up uh, I was actually wanting to talk to you about that a little bit what was I mean obviously all the meme accounts went after him and attacked him pretty hard part of me was that if you haven't if no one knows what we're talking about I don't know if they're still on there or whatever but if they're still on staved on story highlights but they're, they're some of them are pretty funny some of them are mean some of them are are really mean but I mean what was the whole beginning behind this I feel like there's like a tiny part where he reached out to someone who was like hey Let's let's cause a huge stir. It's going to make us all look good, and let's make fun of each other for a day and a half. Or was it just some smaller meme accounts are fed up with them and just wanted to take them out? Like, what was the what was I, the reason? I think it was I think it was the smaller meme accounts because um, I mean, there's a a lot of smaller meme accounts. There's a lot of them now. Yeah, there um, are. I have, have a, crazy. I have a group chat with them. Yeah, I'm in a group chat with them. It's called Av Meme Lords, and that's that's pretty much what it is. And we we're on the group chat. And they just somehow get onto these different topics. Like we roasted the hell out of low altitude um, because, and the thing is, I think it's a, it's a very um, understandable kind of not anger, but disappointment. I mean, he used to be really funny. I mean, he was this, the benchmark of, of aviation humor at a point. And then he just started posting a lot of ads, a lot of what could be classified as softcore porn. So yeah, the bikini, you know, stuff. So, I mean, it, it just, it got to a point where it was ridiculous and we kind of got fed up. So did you guys all talk about this in your group chat before or did the group chat form afterwards? It formed afterwards. I had no idea what the hell happened. I just <laughs> logged into Instagram one day and I just see everyone's attacking him. And I was like, oh, well, might as well join in on this, you know? Um, yeah, the topic shifts a lot. Uh, we just recently had a, it was like a whole meme about pilots who wear cowboy boots. Yeah, that's funny. I like that. And, and then uh, how you mount your uh, iPad in the cockpit vertically or horizontally. That's funny. Are most of the other meme pages, the smaller ones, are they... In high school, are they in college? Are they kind of, he was a wide range of age in, in their training or are they, you guys all kind of the same age and the same spot in your training? 
a lot of them are airline pilots. Um, That's funny. You know, regional pilots. A lot of them are corporate pilots. Some of them are instructors. It really it and a lot of their their uh, content is tailored towards where they work. So obviously, a lot of my memes are kind of flight school stuff, so like instructors and students, and uh, some airline stuff. I do venture into the airline stuff every now and again, but for the most part, it's just kind of flight instructor stuff. Um, but there's also airline memes and uh, uh, one account, like what's his name, uh, Captain, like Sully something. Yeah, and Captain just a bunch Sully of them. boy toy. Yeah, that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it, it. It's all tailored to different people, but I follow them all and I love them all, and I think they're all awesome people. That's awesome. That's Do you cool. have a favorite meme account other than yourself? You can't say yourself, but if you had to choose one, what, who is your favorite meme account? I wouldn't say. I would never say myself. I'd say probably Captain Sully's boy toy. There's another one called How Do I Land, which is a he's yeah. been really killing it lately. There's a lot of them. It's hard to pick just one, but I'd say Captain Sully's Boy Toy is probably the best one. Do you follow Crew Rest Karen? That's one of my favorite ones. Which one? Crew, Crew K-R-E-W, Rest Karen. Crew Rest Karen. I don't yeah. follow that one, but you I should. now do. That's a solid one to follow. <laughs> it, it's pretty solid. Uh, it's more of an airline vibe to it. So uh, yeah, but because that's their experience. But yeah, it's pretty great. I just followed him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you think won if you could choose a winner in the low altitude meme war? Do you think there was a winner? Cause I mean, you guys gave him a lot of press. Like maybe some people didn't know about him or anything. Maybe he kind of got some more. He claimed he got a bunch of shirt sales and about a, a bunch of sales from it. Do you think there's a clear cut winner of the whole thing? I don't think there's a clear cut winner. I think it was really stupid to be honest with you. It's funny. <laughs> it was really, really funny yeah. uh, to see everybody roasting each other. But, um, I don't know if there was a winner. It was just uh, a joke. I don't. I wouldn't consider it a war. I would just call it a, a friendly kind of competition. Yeah. Do you think it went too far at all? Do you think any of them went too far? I think a lot of them went too far. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were really, really funny, but really, really mean. Yeah, but I would um, agree. Yeah, but they were all really funny. I think. I think that honestly, the meaner it gets, the funnier it gets. It's just the way it is. But um, yeah. I think I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was really funny at first. Like, I don't have anything against him. I've had him on the podcast. We've talked before. We talk every once in a while. And I get why people are upset. Like, I get the the reason why he, people reach out. And I mean, I also understand why he does what he does because he's been making money off it. And if he keeps pushing stuff and people keep buying it, why not keep doing it? You know? Yeah. So it totally makes sense. And kind of everyone else helped create what where he got. And when, Everyone just kind of got fed up and looks like people just like kind of were sick and tired of it, but it was yeah. really funny and it did go too far, but it's good that it kind of, people might've recognized that it went too far and it did stop eventually. I mean, who knows when it will come back, but I mean, yeah. it was, <laughs> do you, have you ever it's talked to him in, in the DMs at all? I'm sorry. I, I said, I have you that. guys talked or had any communication at all after all that? I, not after all that, you know, I, I know I've heard a lot of really stories about him and, 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 but I met him personally at Sun and Fun, I think, um, last year and he had a really nice conversation with me really. Cause that was when I was just starting flight training. I was just about to, he gave me a lot of things to think about a lot of directions. So, um, personally from personal experience, all I can say is he's a really, really nice, gentle guy, uh, really, yeah. really polite and helped me out actually quite a bit. So I can't awesome. really complain. Awesome. What, uh, I guess talking about your meme page now, what made you want to start one? I mean, I always like memes. I think I'm just like any other, you know, young guy. I just like memes. I, I think it's millennials and Gen Z. We're all just really into uh, memes and short form humor. So I think starting a meme page was the next logical step, if you will. When did your meme page start kind of taking off and getting a ton of followers? It's funny because it took a long time. Uh, I think after the first year on on Instagram, I think I had maybe like 600 followers at that, if, if that. The second year I had like, 
15,000. Um, and then now I'm at 30, almost 38,000 and it's, it's been growing exponentially ever since. You know why it started growing more? Have you kind of narrowed it down to, did you change your memes? Did you change your format or did you just finally, did Instagram finally push you on the algorithm? I think it really just depends. I think it's a combination of everything. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, as with anything, you get better and better as you go. Um, but long, I mean, my memes got better, obviously, as I started flight training because I had more content to make memes out of. I also knew a lot more. And honestly, I think the most important thing when you're starting a meme page or any Instagram account, any social media account, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, is interacting with the people who follow you. My methodology has always been, you know, why would people follow you if you don't really talk to the people that are currently following you? You know, I'm at 38,000 followers and I get a lot of DMs a day. I respond to every single DM. I respond to, I like every single comment. At this point, it's kind of, I can't physically respond to every single comment, but I like every single comment and I respond to a hell of a lot of comments every single day. And I just think that doing that is the the surefire way to get bigger. Yeah, you're not wrong. I have gotten bad at responding to to messages just because I've gotten so many. Uh, not like trying to brag at all, but there, there, I don't know. There's some of the, I go through, through spurts and it's like, you, I can answer them all. Then I can't answer them all comments. I try to answer all of them and like all of them as well. But I would agree the more interactive you are on Instagram, the better chance you have to kind of grow. And obviously yeah. you gotta, you gotta post some good content and your memes are funny. So you're, you're doing that. Uh, do you post all your own memes? Do you ever steal anyone's other memes or do you usually post all your own? Um, it's, it's a combination. I post a lot of my own memes. Most of my memes are mine. Um, a lot of times people send in memes that they made and they don't have a page and they just want to send it in. And I post a lot of those. It's, it's really awkward having to tell like people like when they send in something that's really not that funny, but they, they're really proud of it. And it's like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll see, you, you know, uh, but a lot of them are just, I mean, it's funny because most of my, um, pretty much every single one of my most famous posts, the ones I get reached the most people are actually ones that I didn't make. My number one that reached um, 200 and uh, almost 250,000 people was a tweet, a screenshot of a tweet that I didn't make. So, um, yeah. And then also any other of the meme pages, because in that group chat, we steal each other's memes every now and again, post it on our accounts, kind of get that cross feed of followers in. And What's your favorite yeah. one that you created? Uh, I, I really, I honestly could not tell you, but I think the one where um, the cops are dragging away that guy in the restaurant and then the caption was when the FAA finds out that I, um, no, the FAA taking me away after flying through a cloud VFR. I think that was probably the best meme I've ever made. And uh, it didn't get as many views as I thought it would, but I thought it was really funny. That's funny. It is funny how you might, like, even just, I'll post a picture of someone take, and I think it's a great picture, and then I don't get the likes that I want. And it's like, what the heck? That picture is great. I mean, I'm guessing that works the same with the meme accounts. And they're like, what the heck? This is, this is the best content. This is quality content. Why aren't you liking it? <laughs> Yeah, and it's. I think it's honestly the most unexpected posts that make it big. I think it's really the, the the less you expect it to go viral, the more chances it has to go viral. And that goes to any social media account. Any. I mean, I've I, social media. I'm apparently I'm pretty good at. I don't. I don't. I don't think I am. I think I'm okay. But any social media that I have attempted, I've done. I've done YouTube. I've done TikTok. I've done Instagram. And on all of them, I've gone some degree of viral on. That's cool. What did you go viral for YouTube? I don't want to talk about that. I, it was a really long time ago and that's kind of, I want to keep those separate. But um, I had a video that went, I think got over 1.2 million views. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was it not aviation related? Not, no, it wasn't. Um, and then the TikTok also, same thing. Uh, I had a couple of videos go over 1 million. I had one go over 2 million. Cool. 
What do you see as the future for meme accounts or even your meme account on Instagram? Are you going to get to the low altitude level? Are you going to start selling um, some aviation merch and bikinis and all that kind of stuff? What's kind of <laughs> what's your goal here? I always wanted to turn it into a business, maybe not like a, a career kind of business, but always you know some some money in. Um, I, you know, I I've always I've been telling myself that I wanted to drop merch for the longest time. <laughs> Um, I never really did it. I did launch a sticker. It said like defund the FAA, like as a Sully Skiles 2020, like, um, like it was in the format of like a Trump 2020, uh, mm -hmm. sticker. And then I played Sully Skiles defund the FAA 2024. Um, just, it's just a joke, but, um, if the FAA is listening, yeah, please, don't, joke, please don't give me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I've always wanted to drop merch, but I would never go to that level of low altitude where, the, the advertisements for my content over arches over my actual content. I wouldn't want to ever reach that level. I understand. I understand. We'll see. I'll, I'll check back in in two years when you, uh, when you're selling merch and it got, gets to your head and you start, you can buy your own house and stuff. <laughs> we'll see if you're, if you're feeling the same <laughs> way, right? I'll get there. Yeah. Hey, you never know. I bet he probably didn't think it was going to get there either. You know? That, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's awesome though. I, I like it. Keep it up. I think that your memes are hilarious. I think memes in general are hilarious. It's like our modern day art. I feel like one day we're going to have museums filled with the best memes ever. <laughs> we're just going to go yeah, tour like laugh. kids analyzing the memes. Yeah. Like, what does this mean? Like during COVID-19, what does this meme relate as turn as, you know, in terms of the, the general depression of COVID-19, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, memes, memes serve a very good purpose in mental health. I feel like it's a good way to express yourself in a weird way. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, some memes are definitely out there, but I mean, it's definitely a good way to express yourself, get some creativity out and uh, it's good to make everyone else laugh in a time where it doesn't seem like you can laugh and, and kind of just, it kind of brings a community together, you know? So it's, it's definitely needed and definitely great. Thank you. And that's, that's exactly how I think about it. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I feel like sometimes I get really wrapped up in the numbers. Like, oh, my followers aren't where I want them to be or my reach isn't exactly where I want them to be. And then so I get DMs all the time. Well, not all the time, but every now and again, it's like, man, I've, I've been having a rough day, a rough week. I just got furloughed. And, but th this really made me laugh and it made me feel a lot better. And that's when it kind of brings me back to earth, back to the ground and makes me realize why I'm doing it. And the only reason I do it is because I like making people laugh. Anybody who knows me in real life knows that I'm always cracking jokes. I'm always trying to make people laugh. And that's, Basically, the, the meme page is, is just an extension of that. I just want to make people laugh. I want to make people's days better. And that's 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 all there is to it. Yeah, no, and that is something that you need to hold on to as, as you're building anything, as you're building a brand, as you're building uh, content, memes, whatever it is, uh, Instagram following, TikTok, YouTube. Yeah. It's just create your content, focus on your content and how it makes people feel and everything else kind of falls into place. When you start chasing Absolutely. numbers and you start chasing followers and you start chasing money, that's when you can kind of go to the wayside. That's when you can kind of uh, lose your, your morals and your values. So always focus on your content and be true to kind of your first original idea of why you started this in the first place. And you'll be fine. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I got some rapid fire questions for you. If you're cool with that, right, I will just ask a few aviation related questions and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. This isn't like an FAA test, right? I don't actually have to study for this, right? Yeah. If you <laughs> fail, you can't be an airline pilot. I'm so sorry. All right. All right. <laughs> no, right yeah. All right. You ready? <laughs> All right. What is your favorite airplane out of any airplane ever made? Uh, kind of like a dream airplane that you would want to fly or just one that you love? Probably the weird, uh, my favorite is a Piaggio P180 Avanti, which is kind of an obscure one, but it's, uh, it's, it's basically throwing like up a, in my mouth right now. <laughs> huh? I said, I'm throwing up in my mouth right now. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the only reason why is because it's such a unique airplane. Every airplane, like the 737, they're all the same thing. This is like one of the very few like push. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a, a, a twin that the engines are flipped the opposite way. Yeah. And it's just a really, really unique, fun aircraft. It is 100% a unique aircraft. I will give you that. It is. A, I've heard a it's a fly though. <laughs> ugly aircraft, but it's definitely unique. <laughs> I always and give. C- huh? And the C-130. Yeah, C-130 school. I always give people crap for the the Piaggio. It's like kind of like my uh, my the only thing that I really give people crap on is just like the Piaggio. I always call them out. So it's really funny that you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, friend it's said good. it's like the Kia Soul of the uh, aviation world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially, <laughs> get some gerbils yeah, or hamsters hopping out of it. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, that there's a uh, kind of a charter company out of St. Pete that has a bunch of Piaggios. Whenever they fly over, they're very recognizable airplanes. So I guess it's more of like a you know, I love them because I see them all the time. Like, uh, yeah, and they're I, I, the words escaped me, but yeah. No, you're good, man. You, you're allowed to like it. I just like to give people crap that do like it. It's a, it's definitely <laughs> has its its perks, and I mean, it is a fast airplane. It can do some cool things. Uh, it's just, it's just the Piaggio, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, so you know my ugliest airplane. It is the Piaggio, like we just said. What would your ugliest airplane? One that maybe you just think has always been hideous. There, there's a lot out there. I don't know if you have seen one or not, but what would you classify as the ugliest airplane you've ever seen? It's that 707 that got redone with all those radar dishes and all that weird military stuff. I forgot what it's called. I think the Navy uh, calls it the E6, maybe. I think so. I think that's what it is with all those weird things. It looks, yeah. yeah. So that one. Uh, right. also, the A380 as well. I think the A380, like if you compare that to the 747, the 747 is a work of art. The, the lines, everything's beautiful. And then the A380 is just A320 stacked on top of A320, you know? Yeah, it's def- that's definitely a hideous looking airplane. The whale. <laughs> the whale, yep. Yep, definitely. All right, here's one. What is something you wish you knew before you became a pilot? The amount of studying it would take. The amount of like sitting down with a cup of coffee and just grinding it out till two in the morning. I think that's really what I wish I'd known. If you could meet anyone in the aviation industry, it could be someone you followed on Instagram, Twitter. It could be someone you read about in a history book or YouTube channels. Who is one person you would love to meet in the aviation industry? It would have been you, but I've already met you. So I think we'd have to go with Captain Joe. <laughs> Captain Joe? I like it. I'll yeah, tell him you say I what's up. <laughs> Here you go. What is your favorite thing about aviation? Looking down at the world, um, seeing the world from above. I think that's the best thing, the views. That's a great answer. And the views are always great on top. And it just blows my mind every time. And it's you feel like almost superior to everybody when you're above them and you're looking down at their little cars moving down the roads. And it all seems so, so minuscule so funny yeah that that's hilarious i mean you're you're right and it's funny what you said you brought up views because last week was like a tough week weather flying but once we got on top of everything and i had the views and it just kind of made up for everything and you're just kind of sitting there it's like dang this yeah. is sweet we still get to do this gotta yeah. remember it it's yeah, never take it for granted never it's a good point to have what is uh the hardest flight you've ever flown or the hardest approach just the hardest anything you've had to do in an airplane I think flying into the Fort Lauderdale area because uh, when I finished my private, my friend and I, Ethan, that I mentioned earlier, we, we finished our private uh, basically at the same time, like a week apart. And so we decided to take our shiny new private pilot licenses down to Fort Lauderdale for the day. And he flew it in there. And I would say that's probably his most challenging flight. You'd be flying into the Fort Lauderdale area. You know, it's just a mess. South Florida's a mess. By air or by car, it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> and then um, on the way back, making the call to land uh, in the middle of nowhere 
uh, Immokalee Airport getting fuel and self-service fuel. I've never fueled a plane before. That whole that whole day was one of the most challenging aviation experiences. But it, it learned a lot. I learned a lot and it taught me a lot of lessons. So that's good. That's a good point that you bring up. Uh, you learn a lot of lessons. Uh, your hardest day doesn't always have to be the worst day. You can also learn from it. It can create you be a better pilot. But yeah, South Florida is a mess. You explained it perfectly. I don't think I'd ever fly VFR down there just because of how much traffic is there and how overwhelmed the controllers feel. It sound like they are. It was it was a mess, but I think but, but I'm glad we flew the both of us. I think together we made a great team to fly down there, and I yeah. think we helped each other a lot. Um, and, and and you were saying it's, it doesn't have to be the worst day of your life. I would say that's one of the best days. I think it's one of my most memorable days of my memorable days of my life. That's cool. Um, that's but it's also one of the most challenging ones. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, favorite memory of you flying? Was it getting a private license, private pilot license? Was it flying with your family? What was it? I think it was get, the, getting my. Um, the moment I found out that I passed my check ride, I yeah. think it was yeah. that, that was the moment. I think that's a very common answer, but it is truly one of the most memorable moments I think you'll have. That's a pretty fun, that's a pretty fun day to be able to call yourself kind of like a real pilot, you know, and uh, get be able yeah. to do that. It's pretty fun. On, on the, the the flight back, I had my flight instructor fly. I didn't want to fly. Um, I was really tired. So I just let her fly and I just soaked in the view and I was like, damn, it, this is it. You know, I mean, not like this is it, but Damn, this is, I'm, I did it, you know? <laughs> gotcha. Oh, this is it? Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not it. It's yeah. the beginning of it, but. That's funny. Um, what is your favorite airport you've ever landed at? Tampa International. What is your least favorite airport you've ever landed at? <laughs> Immokalee. <laughs> <laughs> Middle uh, of Nolan. Yeah. Would you rather fly, well, I guess you haven't flown too much IFR, but would you rather fly IFR or VFR? I think it really just depends on where I'm going, what, 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 what what the kind of objective of the flight is, I guess. Probably VFR, because you have more ability to to go off course and like circle around somebody's house or something. If you were, say you have a long cross country, you're going to go get a crew car, you're going to go get some food. Uh, what's your go-to food that you're looking for? You're looking for local cheeseburger? You're looking for barbecue? What are you looking for? Um, That's a great question. I'd honestly go for whatever's local to the area, whatever like, they're known for. Like, I'm not going to go to like, I don't know, um, Texas and then go for like a subway or a sandwich or something. I'd go for barbecue. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go to Texas for a subway. <laughs> now, now I might just have to do that just because you said it. I know. Right. Then post a meme about it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You're probably going to buy boots to fly with here soon too, aren't you? I, I wear cowboy boots pretty much everywhere I go. That's I hilarious. Mean, I, and that's and that was a thing before the meme. I always wore cowboy boots. I just they're really people love to knock them. They're the most comfortable shoes you'll ever wear, and also they're the most stylish. So, so the one that's making that's making memes about it is the one that's actually wearing the cowboy boots. That's really funny. I, I make memes defending it. <laughs> I definitely defended it. I, I love. That's them. funny. I have a pair of cowboy boots too, but that's because I'm from the south. So it was just from that. I've never flown in them before. Where, where are you from? So uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely South. And boots, definitely. They're awesome to fly in. Really easy to put rudder in, inputs in. Good That's for sure. Maybe I'll have to try. Once I start flying GA more, I'll have to give it a shot. can wear black cowboy boots as like dress shoes, you know? Like <laughs> under a uh, full uniform. I've seen pilots do that. I have seen that as well. That's really funny. <laughs> My first flight instructor wore cowboy boots. So yeah, definitely seen it. All right. <laughs> let's go back to the rapid fire. I got a couple more for you. Yep. Would you rather fly over mountains, beaches, or cities? Cities. Uh, I fly over beaches all the time, and I don't like mountains because I'm from Florida. I've never seen a mountain, so that's hilarious. We're going for the we're going for the cities. You should go see some mountains. I might like them. 
I mean, I've been to Switzerland. I've never flown your mountains, but yeah. I've been to Switzerland. I've seen mountains in Switzerland. I've seen mountains in Iceland, but I've never flown anywhere near a mountain. That's cool. It's fun. You'll like it. It's bumpy, but it's fun. Bumpy, Airbus yeah. or Boeing? Boeing. Easy. American made. Kidding me? <laughs> What's your favorite airline livery? Oh, oh, that's a really tough one. You really hit me with that. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say probably currently, I mean, all of them really kind of lost their charm i think southwest i like southwest i like the old the blue air canada but i have to say swiss actually i'll, I'll go with swiss swiss all right i like it It'll be different yeah it's clean just overall looks good would you rather fly one very very long trip i mean like as far as you can take a 172 legally or would you rather have 10 touch and goes in a day or 10 uh airports that you go land at distance i'd love to go somewhere new and, and see something new what is very, you're, you're new to the career and you're new to this, uh, this hobby career, whatever people want to call it. What is the biggest regret you have so far? If you have one. That's something I, I need to think about that. I, I don't know what to answer with that. Uh, any regrets? I think maybe not taking it as seriously as I should have in the beginning. I think that really slowed it down. I think if I studied more and I spent more time behind the books and behind the computer studying, I think I could have done it a lot faster. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. What about this one? What's the biggest win in your aviation career so far? I, I don't know. I Probably just getting my license is a win. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, to be yeah, honest. That's a good <laughs> win. We'll get you back in a couple of years and you answer it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time. I'd love to be back. There you go. Would you rather fly a Piper or a Cessna? Cessna all the way. And the last but not least, what is your favorite airline ever? So you could choose one airline to fly all, o- all over the world. You go to Bali, you go to Switzerland, wherever you want to go. What's your choice? Definitely not Air Canada Rouge. That's okay. the worst. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. I'd have to say probably Delta. All right. Believe it or not, that's kind of a very cliche answer, but Delta. No, Delta works. Delta's cool. I like Delta. Um, all right. I got a, two more questions for you. Well, the first Sounds one good. is kind of centered around your outlook on this career. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit yeah. and we can, the answer might be similar, but it, it's just very timely. I mean, you know that the career right now is definitely not what it was uh, six months ago, eight months ago. Um, yeah. Have you personally at all, I know you said you're just kind of mentality just as normal, but have you kind of taken a step back at all and really been like, all right, well, I know that this is real, this 10-year swing, this eight-year swing where I'm going to have very high high and I'm going to have very low lows where I could be furloughed, I could lose my job, but my highs could be where captains at American and, or Southwest and Delta are making unbelievable money, including United. I mean, you can make some great money when the air aviation injury is good. But were, are you now at all kind of questioning it a little bit more and just being like, I don't know if I want to do this. There seems like better careers that I could do. Or are you, I know you said earlier, you just love aviation. That's really what you want to do. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I really truly cannot picture myself doing anything else. There's nothing else in this, in, in my life that I would want to do other than be a pilot. You, know, I, you can give me any career and I'd be like, okay, that's cool. But pilot's still cooler. Um, I, I, I've, I've always been told that if every pilot will have to go through at least one furlough. I, I've, a lot of people, a lot of old timers have told me that you have to go at least through one furlough. So, you know, the 80s oil crisis, a lot of people got furloughed. 9-11, a lot of people got furloughed. 2008, a lot of people got furloughed. Now, a lot of getting furloughed. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely hit that. It definitely hit close to home. I definitely now really understand what that means to have to go through a furlough. But um, 
I haven't really taken a step back and I do not want the world making my decisions for me. Yeah, I like it. That's a good that's answer. Cool. I mean, if, as long as you know that getting into the career and you know this is what you want to do, you're going to have a good career. Uh, just prepare for the lows as much as you can, even though sometimes yeah. it might be impossible. Yeah. Last one for, for sure. you is, yeah. I'm sure you get this a lot. You get a lot of people reaching out to you and, and just asking about how to get in aviation, how to get into the career. Uh, let's say there's someone that's 14. They come up to you and they they hear this and they want to to know more. What are, maybe they just want some advice. What's three kind of tips that you'd give them? Someone that's similar to your age that can get started in high school. What would you recommend them do to start their career off for the best career possible? I, I tell them to go watch some YouTube videos, you know, of, of cockpit. Just a lot of people stick a GoPro in their cockpit, uh, connect it to the mic and just fly. Uh, my teacher loves to watch those videos. Uh, it's funny. So I'd say go watch those. Learn, learn the terminology, learn the basics, you know, learn what V1 is, learn what the throttles do, uh, you know, learn what a, the difference between a jet and a turbine engine is. And then the kind of the, the basic kind of little things. And then as soon as you're, you feel like you're ready um, age wise to go take an intro flight, go take an intro flight to your local flight school. Um, usually they're a lot cheaper than actual flight training is. So go take a, a little flight, see what it's about. Um, cause a lot of the times I feel like if you want to be a pilot, it's kind of something you've known for a long time that you wanted to do. So if you kind of always had the inclination that you wanted to do it, I just say, go study it, learn it as much as you can go take a, um, an intro flight and Learn as much as you can and always be open to learning more. You're never going to know everything. Don't be a pompous pilot. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. And don't be the know-it-all. No one likes them. Yeah, no one likes them. And right. any and any application, pilots especially. That's very, very true. Well, cool, man. That is all I have for you for the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, keep doing Thank your you. thing, it's, man. It's keep uh, keep making those memes and making people happy, making people laugh, or pissing people off. I mean, whatever you want to do, you know. <laughs> it comes with the territory. I'll do yeah, both. <laughs> it does come with the territory. Just as long as you know it, and just as long as you're ready for the battle with certain people, you'll be all right. But uh, keep Always. doing your thing, man. I mean, I enjoy uh, watching your memes and reading, watching your memes. I sound like someone saying on the Facebook. I enjoy your memes, <laughs> and uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what you're going to do within the future and where you are, and maybe we'll come back and have another conversation in two years or so and uh, see how you've changed and see what's next for you. All right. Thanks so much. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. It's truly, it's kind of almost not surreal, but just incredible to be here. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate your time as well. It's been fun having you on. I appreciate you saying that. AV Nation, thank you for listening to today's episode. I uh, appreciate it so much. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Instagram. You can also email me if you have any recommendations or you have any feedback. HQ at gmail.com. I'm not great at getting back to my email. I will fully say that, but I'm trying. And please bear with me. Send me a couple emails if you have to to get my attention back because they get lost. And I, <laughs> I'm not blaming the email, blaming myself. But uh, yeah, just send me an email or you can go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I try to respond as many as possible. But Aviation, I hope you all are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.